Random Thoughts on Wyoming Basketball, your host, Mark Overman and Clay Cates. Well, thanks for joining us again on Random Thoughts on Wyoming Cowboy Basketball. I'm Mark Overman here sitting with Clay Cates. Clay, how you doing today? Oh, not bad, Mark. Just a long day at work, but it was a good day, and so glad to be here doing a little talking about basketball with you. Yeah, uh, not the most exciting time in Wyoming Cowboy basketball history, but we'll we'll still enjoy our time talking about it regardless. Uh, So on today's show, we're just going to kind of go through some of the news items. Uh, Then, of course, we'll talk about the the Utah State game where Wyoming lost 55-71. to and then me and Clay are just going to, I mean, the elephant in the room, everyone's talking about it on the, the Wyoming message boards. I mean, anyone connected with the basketball team in any way is, I mean, kind of Alan Edwards. Is he the guy for the job? I mean, I know we've kind of mentioned it on previous podcasts, but that question becomes more and more looming as we continue the season and Wyoming continues to struggle. Uh, and then we'll just kind of give a look ahead to what's next for the Wyoming team where Kind of their next uh, few games going here. So, all right, uh, let's start with the news. Uh, so, Wyoming's actually added a couple of walk-ons to the team. Uh, uh, the first one is Hayes Fordstrom. He's a uh, walk-on from uh, Pines Bluff, Wyoming. He actually played uh, high school basketball and football with Hunter Thompson. Uh, he was a preferred walk-on to the Wyoming football team, and he redshirted this year. And then uh, – so he's coming to the basketball team and he actually uh he played in the first game he, he actually got some time we'll talk about that when we delve more into the utah state game uh and also about hayes he was the uh so his senior season he was the uh wyoming athlete of the year and that's for all sports uh he was a track star a basketball star and he was the quarterback for uh, pines bluff uh, so he does have some athletic talent. I mean, I don't know, Clay. I heart, I hardly doubt he'll be the savior to this team, but well, no, doesn't hurt adding another body to the mix. No, and then the one thing that you do know that you have is you have an athlete, and uh, you know if he was the Wyoming Player of the Year, um, he's got to have something to offer the basketball team. And 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 if they brought him on, they knew something about him. He'd had to do some kind of a tryout or something. Yeah. They saw something that would say Although, he's, I mean, he's worth it. They'd probably just have a sign on every dorm room looking for players. Yeah, <laughs> I would say so. So that's the first guy. And then during the Utah State game, there was kind of a mystery guy sitting on the bench. He's He was wearing the same thing as like Maldonado and Mueller and Hendricks. So he looked like a player, and he actually looked like an athlete. He didn't look like a trainer. Um, what are you snickering at? <laughs> I don't know. Just the state of affairs. <laughs> that we fancy a mystery guy on the bench, and yeah, the, the mystery. everyone tries to unravel who it is. Yeah. Uh, and that is what happened. So they started talking about him on the Go Wild, uh message board. Uh, it's like, who's the guy with the man bun sitting on the bench? Uh, and it turns out he's a he's – a, He's a walk-on, so let me just clarify that. We're not burning a scholarship on him because those are precious, and we need to save those for bigs. Uh, and I, I don't know how to say this name, so I'll just say it the best I can say it. Uh, Kaius Kovrig, uh, uh, he's, he, uh, so he initially went to a prep school, uh, and he, 
he had a good season. He averaged 20 points. He had 12 rebounds, five assists. I saw something where it said he shot like 83% from the free throw line. So he's got a pretty good shot. But then he walked onto Longwood. And that is a Division One school, but they're very low level. And if you're walking onto Longwood, I mean, obviously you weren't a very hot prospect. And then it said he was there for like the 16-17 season, but he didn't play. And then I, I couldn't find this on the internet, and I know some of the other posters on, on the boards saw the same thing, that all of a sudden he missed – he mysteriously ended up at Arizona State as a walk-on. But there's little information out there, and now he's all of a sudden he just shows up during the 16th game of the season sitting there. I don't know how that even works. Like, Well, he kind of reminds you of Forrest Gump. He just shows up in different places. And, uh, <laughs> Hopefully he's the athlete that old Gump was. He was <laughs> – just run uh so that's that so we've added two new players to the team one Fornstrom, he can play right away uh and Kovrig. uh at least the good thing is that he can practice i mean they they're they're building up so where they at least can play five on five in practice <laughs> yeah. now yeah that'd be good five on five. <laughs> uh so then it's uh some more information come out on maldonado it's looking uh more and more like they're gonna redshirt him and he's be done for the season so that's kind of a not disappointing for this year i guess but good in the long run he's a talented player and then now he'll he'll still have three years of eligibility so i don't yeah and if you want to look at the silver lining that would be it i mean obviously it's very disappointing he can't play and of course he would help us if he could but looking at a player that has potential to score a good amount of points um and only get better uh, you know, maybe that time will help him and then it'll help us in the future. Well, kind of one of the things uh, me and my brother talked about after the last game was that, uh, I mean, we can get more into this when we're talking about Edwards because this is more of a, you know, a future thing. But it's like, you know, how are we going to be, you know, oh, we're losing James this year. I don't see any way we can be better next year. One of the points that I've made is that I don't think the drop-off from James to Maldonado is, I mean, it's, there's a drop-off. But it's not, not that significant where you go from James to Maldonado as your, you know, you're kind of your lead dog. And then, I mean, you get all the gained experience from all the other guys this year. You know, I think that's a bigger jump than it is a loss from James to Maldonado. Well, if you look at Maldonado being, you know, of course, one of your main returners or scorer, the potential that he has, I mean, he's still – you know, compared to James, he's young in years. And James, when he was younger in years, um, you know, he had to kind of climb that ladder too. So he's got that potential um, to be there. And, and he's already shown that he can be one of our leading scorers. So Yeah, no, he was having a I mean, good year. I mean, he was averaging like thir- over 13 points a game, over six, seven rebounds a game. So, uh, no, I think everyone is high on Maldonado. It'll be – Interesting to see how uh, how he comes back from injury and how he plays going forward. Uh, and that'll be next year, just to clarify. Uh, so the Nair Redding situation, it's uh, it's getting interesting and uh, more interesting and maybe a little less murky, but it's still a lot of shrouded in mystery, though. Um, so there was an update on it the other day, and I don't, I don't know if, like, the Boomerang had a report or – the police report was updated, but uh, there was a cop quoted either in the story or in the police report that said Redding had an altercation with a woman 
or a girl, another, you know, a female Wyoming student, uh, in which he took a swing at her and he missed, he basically missed, he grazed her nose and then hit it like an innocent bystander, another UW female student. Uh, he hit her. So that's, I think we know that that happened, but what we don't know what led to it. And we don't know. There's some mystery on what happened after that. Uh, I mean, somebody in the, they sounded like they were in the know posted on the go wild message board that the woman who accidentally got hit by Redding got knocked out, was in the hospital is still in the hospital and is in critical condition. Now, if that was the case, I mean, he was, at first, he was uh, charged with, like, simple assault or, I mean, a couple of misdemeanors. I mean, you would think if there's a, what does critical mean, Clay? You're, you're a smart man. What, what does that mean in, in, in uh, hospital terms? Well, critical condition means that, I mean. Fighting for their life? That's what well, I think. I don't. Yeah, critical condition means that you're, you're you know, maybe even close to 50-50. You could go either way. And so, um, you know, I would. When I hear critical condition, if, if we were to if you, you were to say, "Hey, uh, Clay's in critical condition," yeah, your ears you go up. You're like, "Oh my god!" You would be like, "Man, this is serious. I need to go see him. He could die at any moment." I mean, you know, you don't know. And so, yeah, if that's the situation, wouldn't have we have heard about this? I mean, wouldn't this be national news? I mean, especially you know in the the era that we live in now. With I mean, just that sounds like national news to me. If somebody was in the if somebody was in the hospital, you just think that would get easily leaked by family members, friends. They would want it out oh, yeah. there because they would want everything. Well, that could to help know. their, you know, their court case down the road. Or I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm not poo-pooing the situation by any means. I just I find it hard to believe that there's a. I, I, do, I don't know. I, I just don't. I do have I'm one not, question that I didn't see on there or anywhere, but is if that was to happen i mean is he in jail is he walking the streets yeah and that's what somebody on the board posted i mean not that but like they're saying is he still at wyoming is he going to classes and yeah because that's the one thing i guess i you and i miss talking about i guess but i i haven't even thought about where, where is he where i mean i'm 90 i mean and i don't know but 95 percent sure that he's not in jail because even the last report that i read that said I mean, they mentioned the charges that he was against, and it wasn't like first degree assault or. Yeah. And I said that the penalties could be like a fine or possibly six months in jail. So, yeah. I mean, I would imagine he's out and about. And right? you would just think if those reports were like that, I would I would find it hard to believe if somebody was in critical condition in the hospital by what you did, uh, that you'd be walking the streets. Number one, and number two, uh, that the report would be so minimal. Yeah, but, that's that's uh, that's. Where I'm at. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know how you transition to that to this. But, <laughs> uh, so some interesting news. Uh, so there's a new movie coming out. It's a document uh, documentary. Man, I'm struggling with that word today. Mm-hmm. Documentary uh, on Kenny Sailors and uh, how he invented the jump shot. And that's yeah. There's a, a film festival later this year that is it's going to be debuted at, and then I would imagine sometime after that it'll be out to the public. So. Uh, and this was like eight, eight years in the making. Um, too bad he's not alive to, to see it come to fruition. But So that should be interesting for anyone, uh, you know, that's a fan of Wyoming basketball. See a movie on Kenny Sailors. Maybe start – I 
know he's credited with it. Maybe gets but start to get, see him get some of the, more of the recognition that he deserves for the player he was and the he invented the jump shot, Clay. I don't know if you know that. I do know that. Uh, so that that's the news. Uh, now we'll uh, transition to uh, the the game they played. They only played uh, one game since we last talked to you. Uh, they played. Uh, they hosted Utah State uh, on Saturday, I believe. Was it that was a Saturday yeah. game? Play? It was uh, on Saturday. Uh, and unfortunately, they as I mentioned earlier, they they lost fifty five to seventy one. Uh, that drops their overall record to four and thirteen, and uh, now they're zero and four in conference. Uh, do you have a? You don't happen to have a halftime score there, do you? We were actually up a half in this one, yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, if I if if I were Dave Walsh and I was asking Kevin McKinnon, he would have this information already, Clay. <laughs> you need to be on top of these things. It was thirty two twenty five. So thirty two twenty five at half, we were actually down. Uh but we actually led this one early. Uh so one of the positives I thought from this game was that uh TJ Taylor, he started over Naughton. Uh Jordan Naughton, that is. Uh and I know in the last podcast, podcast, if you listen, that was one of my my takeaways. I thought that the lineup was working much better with Taylor in as, instead of Naughton. And so I'll give credit to Edwards on this. I mean, he saw the same thing. He tried to start Taylor. It worked. Uh, I think Taylor hit a couple quick threes to get out to the lead. Uh, um, I think we started off on – what was the lead we started off to, Clay? We, well, it, it, four – you know, we, we scored, uh, you know, got up 12 to four and then it kind of hovered around six to eight points there for, oh, most of the first half, uh, first half. And then, you know, got six, eight points there for, you know, clear till, oh, I would say about five minutes uh, to go a little about five and a half minutes to go. And then they, that's when they kind of started on their run. And that was one of the things that I had noticed. I mean, we got off to a good start in this game. And, you know, James was starting off pretty good. Taylor hit two quick threes. And then, uh, like I said, we were up 12-4, 16-8. We had them. And then we just couldn't extend that lead. And I think we went along. I mean, how long were we stuck on 16 points? I mean. Uh, it seemed like forever. Uh, I was, I was kind of looking at that. So, started at, uh, I think we ten oh three. And then we finally scored with 7.05. So that's a three minutes, but that's forever. Uh, and then we, it wasn't like we went on a scoring. We were stuck on – after that, we were stuck on 19 for three yeah. minutes. So it was like one basket in like six, seven minutes. Uh, and during this time, Utah State wasn't really putting it on us. They were kind of struggling as well. And, and one of the things we talk, kind of talked about off air that you had mentioned that I thought is – and a lot of that was that uh, – what was it that you that, that kind of helped us get off that lead? One of the big keys of the game. Well, Merrill is, of course, their best player. We we know he's their top scorer, and and uh, AJ Banks just guarded him just like a glove, you know. Yeah, he was on him. He was on him, and and that's the most frustrating thing is when a when the, a top shooter has to, you know, he's got to try to keep, continue to get open, continue to get open, and and it wears him down. And then when he does get the ball, he's a little bit tired and. And uh, but he's got to fight for every shot. He just wasn't letting him get the ball 
much. And then when he did get it, he was tired. Uh, and then Merrill did kind of get going and get his. I mean, he's just too good of a player not to. I mean, he's just an assassin. I mean, if you get that guy gets just a crease. I mean, it's just yeah. it's over, man. Uh, and that was another thing I, I really liked about Edwards' game plan uh, is that almost entirely in the first half, it looked like we were playing a man to man, and I really think that really helps you focus in on like some keys. You know, like oh, we gotta stop Merrill. We got to stop this guy. I mean, when we go to a zone, it just seems like, like we get so loose. And I mean, it doesn't account for the star. Play. I know it should, but it, our zone doesn't really account for the opposing player's best player. It just seems like they can get up, get whatever they want. So in the first half, we did most basically play a man to man. And it really works. So in the first half, Utah state, who's one of the best uh, shooting teams in the conference I think they shoot on average around like 47% or somewhere close to that. Uh, in the first half, when we were playing man-to-man defense, we held them to 39% field goal for, for the first half. Uh, so I thought that was big to help us, you know, have a decent start, kind of keep them contained in the first half. And as you say, as you know, if you've been listening to us, and we'll reiterate it again, like, why are we trying to play a slower down style where we want to keep the games in the 60s? And we held Utah State to 32 in the first half, which is right on pace. And that's right where we want, right, Clay? I mean, as far as defense. Yeah, and we were on pace, but like we had talked about last week, is there's always that one part in the game where we kind of let it get away from, from us a little bit, where we, we were on pace to keep them under 60, and then we just let them have that quick run right at the end of the first half. And and uh, then it just kind of continued after the – Yeah, the second half was – I mean – I mean, there were some real positives in this first half. But the second half, that was not a good half of basketball. What what was the 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 score in the second half? Uh, they had to beat us, what I guess by ten or so. I guess. Yeah, that seems to not like to come up there. Um, yeah, I'll get it here in a second. Go ahead. Uh, well, maybe not. I guess what well, we lost by sixteen, and then they were up seven and a half, so that's nine. Yeah. So they yeah they out they outscored us by. But 10. it was really the. The last five minutes of the first half, and the where, uh, it was where it turned. So yeah. the last twenty-five minutes of the game, they basically beat us by by twenty because they kept they just kind of we were up most of the first half, and then uh, so just a uh, just a uh, so yeah, we held Utah State to thirty-nine percent uh, shooting from the field in the first half, and they did finish at their average about forty-seven point four. So and I don't have the math on that, but uh, if they shoot 39% of the first half. They had to probably shoot over, I mean, quite a bit over 50 to get their total up to 47.4 yeah, for the game. Yeah. So, uh, one of the things that's just so frustrating, it just feels like we do it. I mean, and it's just bad coaching. I mean, we, we do it time after time after time after time. And this never seems to be any consequences for it. So, at the end of the first half, I believe at the time the score was 22, no. At the end of the first half? Yeah. Well, let me see the score there again because we had hit a shot. Uh, Are you talking about the play by play? There we go. So I guess they were up 29-22. Were they up 29-22? 29-23. Okay, 29-23. Okay. So we're just – so 29-23, we're down. We have the ball. The shot clock's put to bed. We can take the last shot. Now, James, he can get his 
mid-range jump shot anytime he wants. You know, you don't have to run a play for it. He can just rise over the guy guarding him and shoot. Uh, so instead of waiting till two seconds to shoot that shot, he takes the shot with like eight seconds on the clock. He makes it, so I'll give him credit for that, but it's a shot he can get anytime he wants it. So he takes it with eight seconds, makes it, and that gives Utah State enough time to run down. And, of course, Merrill hits a 45-footer uh, three, and that gives Utah State kind of more momentum going into the second half. And there's just no reason for that. I mean, you got the ball, take last shot. Yeah, you're in control of that. And if if we're – even if you miss it right at the end with less time or whatever um, – you know, the, mo- the momentum really doesn't swing their way, even though they had it. You don't let them control the last thing that was done. right? Yeah, now. when you have – so who do you put that on? Is that on James or is that on Edwards? See, I made the argument first. Uh, I was like, well, you know, that's on James. You know, he, but when we do it continually, that's a coaching problem. I mean – Yeah, those are the things that you need to, you know, they – when you're coaching, you, you, you do – situations all the time what do we do um you know when we start the game what do we do um after a timeout after a timeout after a made basket after after a miss right before half you know when they're just you know into the game all those things and so yeah they should know the situation the players should you know they play enough or they're coached enough to know that and so um it is a coaching thing when you see it happen over and over the players just say they aren't getting it or something needs to be done when they're not yeah. either following what they're supposed to be doing or they should be doing what they're coached to do. And, but I guess then again, when you only have six guys, you can't really punish a guy for <laughs> yeah. we're playing, that? we're playing four on five here. You guys <laughs> took the bad shot. Uh, I'm not, uh, not the. I mean, James was good in this game. I mean, this is the, I mean, this is the James we needed. I mean, he, he was, you know, scored 27 points. He still chipped in his 10 rebounds. Uh, he was efficient. I mean, if this Wyoming team is going to be anything, which it doesn't look like we are, but we need James to score, you know, 20s, and we need him to be efficient. And he was 10 to 21. Uh, that's kind of another point we were talking about off air. Is just So you get some of the things you need in this game. You, you get James goes, you know, scores 27 points, adds 10 rebounds. He's efficient. Uh, Taylor, you know, gets the start, scores 14 points, hits four threes. Uh, you know, you kind of keep Maryland check for some portions of the game. I mean, these are the things you need to do, and yet we still end up losing by 16 points to a team that hasn't beat Wyoming in Wyoming in over 60 years. It's just it's such a – just a small – I mean, I don't even know if – you know, if you have a small window of room for error, you know – we have a no room for error. I mean, I don't know if we even – there is room for error. No, not in the lineup. And you can't have too many guys having a bad night. And, and I'm talking scoring. I mean, I know we, we there's several statistics that could lead to a bad night, turnovers and all kinds of th- things. But really, truly, you just can't have um, – you know, you can't have too many guys having a bad night. We've talked about you have to have several contributors on the team points-wise. Great to see James get uh, 27. Uh, Taylor with 14, and then you don't get a whole lot after that. I don't know if we had another guy over five, did we? No, um, you know, and then Hunter Thompson's one of those that 
you know, he's obviously showed some uh, promise of being a scorer on the team, somebody that can contribute in the team. Yeah. And we have to have him, you know, I mean, like I said, let's just say he just gets what Taylor got. That's nine more points, and then we're looking for just a few more. That's the ball like we talked about. A couple of different things can change that. I would say, going back to last week's podcast when we had our guest on, Ian McMacken, uh, that was one of the things he had kind of said is just consistency. You see all these, you know, Hunter Thompson has a good game this game, then he's off the next. Young has two good games, then two bad games. Taylor starts the season off good and disappears for a long time. Now he's back playing good, you know. So you've seen all these bright spots from these players, but you just you can't put it together for a complete game. And do, do you have something? Go well, ahead. I was just gonna say, you know, you you can't have guys playing thirty plus minutes and scoring no points. I mean, or or playing thirty plus minutes and getting two rebounds. Yeah, I mean, if you're playing 30-plus minutes a game, you need to have five rebounds. I mean, I don't care. I mean, unless you're 5'8", I don't. Well, we we had over 90 minutes played and only had 10 points out of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, no. I mean, it's just, it, you know, and I know you, know you don't always get the shots you want. Maybe you don't even take a lot of shots. But, uh, I mean, we got to have guys scoring some points that if we got a guy scoring 27 um, – a lot of times that opens up the the uh, opportunities for other guys because a lot of things are happening. They're putting uh, a lot of attention on him because they have to. Well, you would think that would open up looks for other guys, yeah. but it doesn't seem to be doing that. <laughs> no, right. not, not always, but we need more points. Uh, but just even one of the positives of the game, like T.J. Taylor had a good game, but he played 37 minutes and he only had three rebounds. I mean, you gotta. I mean, you can't just score. You know, you gotta score. You know, plus do some other things. You know, I mean, and don't get me wrong, I thought he had a good game, but if you're playing 37 minutes, I, I'd like you to get more than three rebounds. I, yeah. Well, and we're, once again, we're stuck in the mid 50s, right in the 50s, and we're, you know, that's where we seem to be right now. Yeah, that's right. all the points we have out of this lineup, and so somehow, some way, we've got to find. We need another seven or eight points at a minimum, and then. Yeah, well, some of those then hold the opposing team to a seven yeah. or eight less, but yeah. that doesn't seem very uh, likely at this point. Uh, so it's just some of the things that, you know, really led to the downfall in this one from Wyoming. I mean, just again, we get just smoked on the, the rebounds. Uh, I think the total for the game was 40 to 29. Uh, yeah, and then one of the key things on the – uh, offensive rebounds they out rebounded us 10 to 3 and uh, we've talked about this before but I mean that's seven more opportunities uh, to score and when we're trying to limit their opportunities and we're limited to our own uh, that's going to hurt you yeah because that wasn't as stark in this one but uh, Utah State did attempt seven more shots than us just to kind of piggyback off what you're saying. I mean, I mean you get just you get more opportunities. I mean, more. I mean, just by you know statistical odds, of being more shots are going to go in. I mean, yeah. And when you talk about a turnover, um, we talked about turnovers increasing and things like that. That's less shots, and you know, less shots. And then when you get give up seven more offensive rebounds, that's just seven more times added on to the turnovers that you know the difference there. So. 
Uh, yeah, and the what was the turnover number again? Well, we only had nine, okay, so, which that was good. Yeah, but when you combine that with only seven assists, I mean, this team has a real problem. I mean, ball handling, sharing the basketball, you know, being loose with the ball, whatever you want to call that. I, I mean, uh, so seven assists. Uh, so last year, just for example, and I know we've slowed the game down and we're playing at a slower pace, but that's only been five or six games. We've played 16 games. Of the year. So that's not the only factor in this. So last year when we played a more up-tempo, you know, we played the same style we played for the first, you know, nine or 10 games this season or 12 games or however many was. Uh, we averaged 16 assists last year and 14 turnovers. So we, I mean, Still high number of turnovers, but we were getting more assists per game. I mean, two more assists than turnovers per game. So go to this year. We're still averaging 14 turnovers a game, and we're only averaging nine assists a game. I mean, I don't know if that's – I mean, I'm sure it's a bit of, you know, everything, but the offense we're running is bad. The players are unexper- inexperienced, you know, not doing their job. I mean, we're – I mean, that's one of the biggest reasons we're losing right now. I mean, I – you know, and it doesn't just boil down. There's a lot of factors into this, but it's quality of looks. When you watch these games, the opposing team, they're just getting better looks than we're getting. I mean, so yeah, Young, I mean, if anyone just looks at the box score, I mean, oh, Young, you know, maybe those first two games were a mirage. Maybe he's not that good. You know, he was 0-4 from the field, uh, uh, scored zero points, second, you know, kind of bad offensive game in a row. But when the only shots you get are Steph Curry three-point shots with, you know, seven feet behind the line with a guy kind of on you, I mean, yeah, maybe you shouldn't take that shot. But if he doesn't take that shot, he ain't going to get a shot. Yeah. I mean, because we're just not creating looks. Sure. Well, it's just low percentage shots. You know that. And, um, and you know, not for Steph Curry. Or maybe no, even God Clay no. Thompson. But, no. but for, or Kevin Durant. Yeah, but for Trace Young, it's definitely a low percentage shot and those aren't the shots that you want to take in your offense um and it is hard when you know things your offense isn't working that well and you're, you're trying to create your own shots your guys want to get the open shot off of a screen or well you play 10 minutes yeah. in a game and you haven't shot yet i mean you're kind of yeah. at that point it's like all right i need to get one off here well and sometimes too they're they're just trying to get that first one to go so they can kind of get a feel and everything but 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 going back to the main point there i mean you know even nine turnovers and then uh seven offensive rebounds you know getting out rebounded by seven that's 16 times that you didn't yeah you know you gave them seven more opportunities and and then you took uh you know nine away from and on them. the flip side i think utah we only had three offensive rebounds like you said and they only had seven turnovers. So, uh, so yeah, I just, I, I mean, in, in that second half, it was just so, just such a stark difference. I mean, there, and I know part of it's injuries and we only got so many guys and, but their guys are just nonstop motion on offense, cutting to the hoop. Merrill's running around screens, trying to get an open look. And then when we have the ball, we're just standing there for 20 seconds and we run the same play every time. So James stands at the top, dribbles for 20 seconds. After about that time, you know, Thompson or Taylor come set a screen for him. And he either drives a lane or kicks it out to Thompson or Taylor for a deep three. Or I mean, this seems like we have one one play. 
and it, it, it don't work. Yeah, that's it, it. Is it is frustrating to watch because I mean, even when you you know think of other teams in the league, they're just moving around. They have op, you know, so many opportunities from different guys. I mean, look at what Air Force yeah. does. And just uh, you know, we we just need to find some way to to confuse them and get some opportunities because they, they don't know how to guard us or they don't know what we're doing. And it just yeah. seems like, you know, all the, a lot of times, you know, when we're handing the ball off on some of those, uh, you know, when we're moving around and doing that stuff, a lot of times uh, they're jumping those, they know what we're going to do and they can jump those routes or they can jump whatever they're doing there to, to make it tough for us. And I will jump out off the of screens and yeah. things like that. And I will say, I mean, we're still transitioning to the slower style after a team prepared all season to play a different way. So, I mean, I do think that's part of the problem because I don't, I mean, I'm not saying I think we were getting the greatest looks to start the season, but I didn't think it was this bad. I mean, we are getting better looks when we were playing faster. I mean, we still need to get better looks than what we were getting when we were playing faster, but they were much better than what we've been when we, what we've been getting late lately easy for me to say for sure uh uh and another one of my and this kind of goes with ball move that's kind of disappointing to me is you know you got a guy shooting 48 percent from three thompson and he gets three shots i mean don't you got to design place for i mean at this point your best shooter to get a, what what is obviously a quality shot for him doesn't that got to be part of the offense i mean that's just unacceptable to get three attempts yeah, and, and I don't know what the defense did there. They may have had some strategy or whatever, but um, I do think it comes down to um, it, it is coaching. There has to be an awareness that everybody knows that he can he's he can do that on this. Yeah, team. but when you he's, like he's very capable, but three shots is unacceptable. I think the thing, last thing we talked about when we before we got on air here was that well, team's got to be you know they're. T- Taking James out, they're double, triple, and covering him, you know. Sorry about that. Somebody didn't mute his phone when we start this show. Uh, rookie podcaster. Just a rookie podcaster. Yeah. Uh, what was I saying? <laughs> Before your wife so rudely interrupted us. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I just we need to, you know, just get better looks. I, I don't know what it's simple to say, but. I mean, Edwards needs to find a way to design plays where, oh, yeah, we were saying, that, you know, obviously teams are really focusing on James. You would think that would lead to better looks for, you know, the other guys, but that doesn't seem to be happening. Now, we do get some good shots, you know, from time to time, and and that's – so in this game, the guy I would say was getting the best shots. I was talking about it earlier. The only play we seem to run all game uh, where Taylor would come up and set a screen for James, James would crash the lane, the defenders would sag onto James and they would leave Taylor open from three and he was four or six. So when we're getting good shots, we're hitting him at a decent percentage. We're just not getting those good looks, you know, enough. Um, last thing I'm going to mention about this game, then we'll kind of transition to talk more about like Edwards, is he's the guy or not. And we've kind of been talking about coaching. So that'd be a, uh, a good transition here, but I just wanted to mention that. So Hayes Fornstrom, the, 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 the walk on, uh, he played 10 minutes in this game. That's that's kind of shocking. I mean, first of all, he's a walk-on. He wasn't even, you know, he did have some deep, he did have some some basketball interest though. I think even Weber State was interested. I don't and they're D1. I don't think they offered him, but they were interested in him. So it's not like he's a 
like you said earlier, he's a good athlete. It's not like he's a, just a Joe Schmo, you know. Uh, but to come in, and, I mean, he's been with the team for less than a week, and he plays, you know, 10 minutes. I mean, that's – Yeah, that's significant for sure. And it was good to see another, you know, hometown boy get in there and play. And he played hard. And I, he actually, uh, he was, when he came in, he was guarding Merrill. And he did a pretty good job. He actually picked his pocket clean one time. Uh, so, he, I mean, he didn't look completely like a fish out of water. Although the one shot he did shoot, I think he missed the rim by about three feet. <laughs> but that's yeah. some nerves are to be expected. Oh, I, yeah. Uh, so that's the Utah State game. So another, you know, another disappointing game for Wyoming. Uh, so what is the, you know, the kind of the elephant in the room? Uh, Edwards is he the guy? You know, what 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 needs to be happen here? Uh, does he have a free pass because of all the injuries? Does he, you know, does do we have to win a set amount of games for him to come back next year? Uh, I've kind of got a, a theory I'm working on on this, uh, but I'll, I'll let you go ahead first. What what do you? Don't well, pull your punches here. Let's have it. Let's. Well, I mean, it's very disappointing. Of course, I do think there are some factors. I think the way that our roster has been, you know, torn torn apart by all these different things, uh, gives him some grace, in my opinion, uh, because of what happened. I don't think it's a fair assessment on the team that he built, and then what's being put out there on the. the those aren't the same two things. Now, the other thing is, um, you know, with the guys that you do have, um, we talked about, you know, we're, we're in the mid-50s. We're, we're giving up. We're losing every game by 15, 16 points. I think we've, points. we're losing, I think it's 18 points as we've lost okay. these four conferences by an average of 18 but, points. But roughly, it's like, it feels like 15, 16, 14. Yeah, 14, right, in right in that area. Double digits. Yeah, it's right in that area. And, I, you know, I guess what I want to see just as a, a – an observation as a fan is I want to see that we need to start improving on those things. You can't just, we, we lose every game the same way. Get out, out rebound yeah. have a yeah. large amount of turnovers. Yeah. And shoot I, the ball poorly. I mean, we've, we've got some capability on the team and I know that, like I said, there we're, we're challenged to do some of those things, but it would just be nice to see us work on. There, there are certain things that you can say, okay, when we play, they're not going to do this. Yeah, we have seven guys, eight guys, or whatever. But we're we they're not going to do this during the game. And uh, yeah, take away this guy. You know, take away Merrill. Merrill's not going to be us at the three point line. Yeah, you know, they might beat us with mid range twos, but they're not going to beat us at what they're best at. You know. Sure. I mean, I would just like to see us just take something away from teams, and and then we've got it. Like I said, we have to find ways to score more points, and we're not. You talked about a couple decisions. Why is Hunter Thompson only taking four shots? Um, you know why? What is happening so bad that Trace Ol or Trace uh, Young. Young is is missing? You know he he's not getting any points. There's obviously ability there, but it's got to be coached into some type of way that. So let me just okay. Yeah. So I, I mean I agree with all what you're saying, but uh, let me add, okay. Do we need? What if we go winless? Rest well, of the season is, is it just is it that easy yeah. to be like okay you're fired yeah. or well, just three wins is there even that much of it you know is that yeah um you know there's some teams in our conference that if, if especially if they're in our house we should win yeah. those games um and 
I, I would say that if we go winless, then that uh, there's just no reason for that. Um, <laughs> I, but there's some there. We also play. I mean, you know, we have some games on the road that are going to be real tough. We have we have a we have Nevada coming to our place. I mean, we have we have a rough. Hold me, <laughs> Nevada. That's going to be a. Just a... <laughs> we, we have well. I mean, think about and we're going to talk about New Mexico too. But I mean, on the road, it, it's just going to be tough. And, and so, um, but we got to be competitive in these some of these homes. But I, anyway. I I think we've got we've got to have at a minimum, you know, two or three wins. And then I would say something other than that, you know, I would just like to see us compete better. We're just not, yeah. if we go winless, I mean, I, I think that's tragic, but if we, uh, if we can start showing that we can cut those leads down and stay in that game and make it competitive to the end, I, I would Let's see, see that in progress. progress. Yeah. So here's kind of where I'm on this because I mean, just kind of all, you know, college athletics right now with, uh, like transferring and like there's just mass turnover in all of college athletics right now. So if we go winless or even if we'd win four games, but then, you know, Edwards loses four of the guys, the younger guys that are kind of, you know, like young or Taylor. I mean, I really doubt Thompson's going because he's a Wyoming boy. I mean, he chose Wyoming. He's, you know, he's got, he's Wyoming, but if we lose some of these guys and there's a mass turnover, I mean, what's the point of keeping Edwards to do this again? You know, I mean, and I'm not saying Edwards can't be a good coach, and that's probably one of the frustrating things I get with on the on the boards or the message boards is just the Alan Edwards. He'll never be a good coach. I mean, he's in his third year as a head coach. I mean, is it not to be assumed that he'll get better as he goes along? I mean, so I hate those like those. Uh, it's not an ultimatum, but what are what am I? Th- what's the word? There? When it's just one way or the other, it's, there's no room for, you know, air or whatever. <laughs> not very eloquent. But uh, so that is annoying when you just see these guys like, he's not a good coach. He'll never be a good coach. I mean, that's just not true. I mean, he could start getting some breaks and he could learn a thing or two. But but I just, I see no point at the end of the season if we win, assuming we don't go on a major run here, which I think is safe to assume, uh, or a run at the tournament, uh, which is, you know, not as less likely. I mean, two or three days in Vegas, anything can happen. But uh, but if we continue the season as it's going, you know, we win two or three games, you know, we're still getting beat a lot of times by double digits. You know, rebounding is not getting better. We're not taking care of the ball better. We're not seeing big, you know, you know, big improvements from these players. Uh, and then at the end of the season, two or three of these young guys leave. I just, I think then we need to move on. Uh, and I'm not necessarily against Edwards, but. Yeah, I just think that, you know, we have so many uh, things that can happen here. I mean, and it can also swing the other way. What if we win four or five games with, with this wrecked uh, roster the way it is? And uh, I mean, it, it would be, then he would have some momentum swinging the other way. And then maybe, you know, if you kind of have that momentum, that can kind of uh, yeah springboard you. No, keep, keep people come, staying in the program and all. That. And that's yeah, I can. That's where I'm kind of at right now. And I don't get me wrong, I, I'm, I'm, I'm free to change my mind. I'm, 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 I'm open either way. But 
right now, I just think even if the year finishes poorly and the guys are coming back and we see some, you know, Thompson's good this game, then he, you know, cools off, then he has another good stretch. Same with Young. And we're just not seeing the consistency, but we see moments of brightness. And all these guys coming back with all the injured guys, you know, then I'm willing to be like, all right, we'll give Edwards next year. But if if he loses two or three of these guys, I don't want to re- – if we're going to start over, we might as well start over with a new coach. That's where I'm at. I, I have one just that's killing me a curiosity here. What if – just what if – what if we beat Nevada? <laughs> <laughs> that buys him another five years. <laughs> that would be – well, I know, and I, I mean, I don't, uh, I find it highly unlikely, but I know the Nevada players say that Wyoming's the toughest place to play in the conference, so. Uh, It'd make it interesting, though. Yeah. Hey, I'll take it. I'll take anything we can get right now. Um, so just kind of, we'll, uh, we're, you know, we've been behind about 45 minutes, longer than we thought we'd go, uh, me and Claire rambling here, uh. So just kind of a quick look ahead. Uh, so we didn't play a game in the middle of the week here. Uh, we had our like our bye week kind of thing. Uh, so we do play at New Mexico uh, this Saturday at 4 p.m. It's on ESPN3. Uh, I know that confuses people. That's just an online only thing. It's, I mean, so there's, don't be looking for ESPN3, the channel. That doesn't exist. Uh, New Mexico is 8-9 on the season. They're 2-3 and three in the Mountain West. Uh, they've actually lost three in a row, but, you know, maybe it says Wyoming shouldn't get beat by 30 in this one. Uh, but on the opposite end of that, Nevada did beat uh, Nevada. I mean, New Mexico beat Nevada at home by almost 30. So, and the pit is never really generous to us anyway. So. Can we do worse <laughs> than Nevada? Um, That's all we got to do. Let's do better than Nevada. That's the bar. Can, that would show progress. No, and then you and I talked about New Mexico and, and kind of a nightmare scenario that is for a, a you know team with such a small uh, roster like we do and getting tired easy and things like yeah. that. But them being able to do that full court press, yeah. that that spells a lot of uh, yeah. Because we play slow, they play fast. Who's gonna win the the battle of the tempo? I don't like our chances. Because yeah. when a team full court press you, I mean to beat the press, you gotta. I mean, you got to kind of attack the press, and if we're we're just beating the press, and then you know that takes ten seconds to, or eight seconds to beat the press, and then we just play the slow down style, we're not going to get good shots. And if we're turning the ball over fourteen times a game, well, the team's not even. Then teams have kind of pressed us because they know that that's you know they're trying to tire us out. But if the team does a game wire to wire, that just man, yeah, we, we might have twenty five turnovers. I, I well, and there are even times where. You know, talk about the going back to the Shiat style. Well, there were times in the past, and we've talked about this before, where we would actually kind of maybe after we broke the press, we'd have numbers, but we'd oh, yeah. back out. And, it was so infuriating. <laughs> but, you know, I would be there sitting on the stands yelling, attack! There, there should be uh, an exception to every rule. When you have numbers on a, a broken press, you should just take it. And that's one, yeah, that's I mean, I know I didn't mean bringing this up here, but just the way you said that, exception every rule. I would like, I mean, I know I mean, even when we were playing faster, we weren't like putting guys up at the free throw line to rebound or weren't really attacking the offensive boards, but I mean after losing 15 games in a row doing the same style, shouldn't you try something different? Be like, okay, 
this game we're not going to get beat on the board. Let's we're going to go full out effort. We might get tired. We might, you know, it might hurt our getting back on defense. But this game, by golly, we're going to out rebound this other team. Let's try it one time. Run a two minute offense once in a while. Yeah, I mean, try something. Yeah. Uh, that was a football. Yeah. Game, by the way, I just did. You went full vegan on us. Yeah, You're like full, full vegan. Yeah. Tired of this vanilla offense. Yeah. Uh, so that's that. And then uh, on uh, Wednesday, the January 23rd, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Oh, boy, boy, buy your tickets now. This one's going to be a barn burner. Wyoming hosts San Jose State with a chance to get their one win of the season. Uh, and I, I, I don't know if you can have a must-win game when it doesn't really matter too much for the standings. or. But this is a must-win for – you know, Edwards. I mean, if you can't beat a three and thirteen San Jose State team, zero and four in the conference, I mean, they're you know the bottom feeders of the conference. I mean, if you can't win this game at home, I mean, maybe I'll change my opinion and say fire them on uh, went on Thursday, January twenty fourth. Yeah, um, definitely the battle for the basement, and we don't want to be in the basement. So, uh, um, what do you do to to uh, stay out of the basement, you got to beat teams like yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, and you cannot lose a game like this out. Like you said earlier, there's no reason we can't beat, you know, San Jose at home. Hey, there's no reason we can't beat them on the road. I mean, they're, you know, we're bad, they're bad, you know. I mean, we should beat teams like Air Force at home, you know. I mean, CSU's, yeah, well, I won't count on beating them, but they're not, you know, they're kind of down. Uh, I mean, there's some little games, especially when we have them at home, but. I mean, if we can't win this one, man, I'm going to be depressed. Uh, sure. All right. Well, I think that wraps up this show. You went about 50 minutes, man. I was longer than I thought we could talk about this one, one, one fiasco, but we, but we did it. So, uh, all right. With that, guys, we'll uh, see you sometime uh, next week. Uh, thanks again for listening to the Wyoming uh, Random Thoughts on Wyoming Cowboy Basketball. It's been Random Thoughts with Wyoming Basketball with Mark Overman and Clay Cates. This has been a Jackalope Ridge Media Production. All rights reserved.